0: Welcome to a very special uh, festive edition of Project A Plus, the first of two, in fact, in successive weeks. I'm joined by the good boy whose name is Hunter, who's going to get uh, a shed load of presents this year from
1: All and Sundry,
0: or just Santa.
1: And I'm joined by the absolute cunt, Hugh Hamilton.
0: That's me. And uh, what are we doing on this uh, special festive episode of Project A Plus?
1: Well, Hugh. As is tradition, we are going to do a double header of our favorite genre, which is to say Netflix original, uh, Christmas, themed romantic comedies, quote unquote, (laughs) one of which is called, uh, the princess switch switched again. And the other of which is called operation Christmas drop.
0: But before we get to those, how has your Christmas season been thus far?
1: Well I gotta be honest to you, it's, I've been I've been besought by a little bit of disappointment, okay? Hmm. Are you familiar with the video game Cyberpunk 2077?
0: I've heard of it, yes.
1: I, I, I was moderately excited for this game, right? You know? Mm-hmm. It's a big open world RPG. The the studio C D Projekt Reds last game, The Witcher 3, is a pretty pretty good role playing game, you know? It's been a busy uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Had had to work a lot. It's been busy at work, you know. It's the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So uh, I figured that what would be great comfort to me would be able to turn on my, uh, you know, beautiful PlayStation 4 uh, at the end of a long, long shift at the book factory. You know, pop in a video game and uh, lose myself in in a world of of cyberpunk, you know? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yet and yeah, Hugh, what what do what have I met with? I met with blurry, blurry textures that don't load. Constant crashes. Sometimes models look like PlayStation 1 characters. You can't even see what they're saying half the time because if you're more than like a couple of feet away from them, you can't even make out their faces. Runs terribly, flame rates bad. Just a disappointment all around. And uh you, I'm, I'm sad by. It. I mean, I'm, I'm saddened by this. I feel, I feel ripped off. You know, video games are expensive, and uh, I don't know what else to say besides that. It's left a little bit of a hole in my heart.
0: So, is, is this particular game a victim of the rush release syndrome that afflicts modern video game AAA productions?
1: Uh, I think to some degree, but I think it's more of a victim of its own ambition. <laughs> Clearly at some point in development this the development team realized that this game would not be a good fit for the current generation of consoles. Now what they should have done is just canceled the PS4 and the Xbox One version of game of the game and released it on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and PC of course. And uh, that overambition is evident in the way in which the game kind of feels, from what I've read and somewhat my own experience, what, what I've been able to play, uh, kind of hollow, unfortunately. So this is
0: not just something that'll be patched out um, in a couple I'm of days? I'm sure that... I'm, like
1: that. I'm, well, not a couple of days, but I'm sure that a lot of the technical issues may be resolved, but it seems the game itself is slightly, like I said, overambitious ambitious uh, and... Just trying, trying too hard. Now I'm sure that there's a core of a decent video game in there, and uh, I look forward to playing that in, you know, five months or whatever, whenever they get around to fixing it. Maybe by then I'll have PlayStation Five, and it'll run beautifully. But alas, I did not have that. No. So, so yeah, here I'm. Uh, I'm just uh, a little sad this Christmas season. Well, I'm very sorry for you.
0: You don't know, sound sorry. Maybe old Santa Claus will fix it by uh, Christmas Day. Mm, I doubt it. You never know. That could be part of their release strategy, like disappoint everyone with the first iteration. And then make it amazing circa Christmas Day. Wouldn't that be great?
1: I mean, I think they don't care. They got their money, you know. What's What really what really uh, sort of rubs you the wrong way is that, you know, this game got pretty good reviews from critics, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, a red flag, something that sort of caused me to not purchase it is that uh, the company only sent out PC codes to, to, to game reviewers. They did not send a single um, console. So that makes it sound yeah. like they, uh, I mean, I'm sure that they did know exactly what they were doing. And they didn't want it to affect their pre-orders at all. So,
0: mm. pretty scummy. Hmm. Well, that's cast a pull over this, uh, special, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, what, what do you and I worked for, uh...
0: Oh,
1: man. Yeah, eight and a half hours today. Almost nine hours, actually.
0: So you're tired, you're disappointed, I'm tired. Not, not so disappointed, because I don't give a shit about Cyberpunk 2077, or whatever it's called. Hopefully... Hopefully the two movies that we'll be discussing today will, uh, buoy our spirits. Buck us up, as it were. Buck us up? What? But before we get to that, I have some news. Oh, yeah. I almost washed my sheets
1: today. Anything else interesting happened to you?
0: No. Okay. Moving
1: on. To the movies? Let's go to the movies. (laughs) The balcony is open. Isn't that what they used to say? Is it? On a, uh, uh, what's the fucking what's the Roger Ebert show?
0: Ah, uh, at the movies.
1: At the movies, yeah. Did they actually
0: used to say that? I only really ever watched know. like clips of it, so I don't know the. Me,
1: me too. I mean, it was it was uh you know off the air by the time I started watching movies. So, man, I used to read so many Roger Ebert reviews. Humble brag. <laughs> no, because <laughs> what I would do is I would like I would just go on his like great movies page. It just. When I was in school when I was at school, I would just read during class. We you know, they gave us computers. I would just sit there and read. You know, reviews after review. Just I don't know why. Why did I do that? Gross. Oh my god, it sounds like you're dying. <laughs> that was disturbing. Dying of Christmas happiness. Mm, well, let's not get to it yet. Which one would you like to start with today, Yo?
0: We're starting with The Princess Switch Switched Again. My princess coming down the stairway dressed in red Sometimes I wish he was that other guy instead Who cut his hair like that It looks like he escaped from a facade Okay, so what's the Princess Switch switched again? Okay, well, remember when we talked about the Princess Switch last year? On the last Christmas special? Do you remember that?
1: Uh, I do remember. I don't remember the movie all that well, but I remember it being a pretty good time.
0: Well, Yeah, we both had had an enjoyable time at the movies. At the Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. The balcony is open. And uh, this is the sequel to that film. And sequel it is uh, so if you recall that film focused on a fictional fiefdom known as Montanaro
1: mm. the sun's never sets on the Montanaro e- uh, empire right
0: yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's centered around uh, a princess and a baker mm. Stacy De Novo from Chicago Stacy Denovo from Chicago and Princess Princess from Montenero. What's her name? Margaret. Princess Margaret from Montenero. Who was uh, betrothed to uh, the Prince of
1: Bul- Gravi- Belgravia. Belgravia. Not Bulgaria. <laughs> or Belgrade.
0: Right. So we've got our fictional uh, countries in, in check.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we'll get them wrong at some point. Please continue. Um, <laughs> Why am I summarizing the first film? Okay, okay. Well the first movie is basically yes, there there's she's betrothed, arranged marriage. They switch places because they look identical. Uh, at the end of the movie, the baker falls in love with the, the prince. <laughs> I mean, not just for that reason. It's not just like, we look identical, let's hey, switch shut the, places. Shut the fuck up. We don't have to get into this. There
0: was a motivation for it.
1: Uh, so anyway, they switch places. Basically, they fall in love with the other the man that's with the other one. So the baker falls in love with uh, the prince, and then uh, Princess Margaret falls in love with the... Uh <laughs> Uh, Stacy DeNovo's pal, uh, (laughs) what's his name?
0: (laughs) Oh, you want me to speak again, Your
1: Majesty? You shut it! suck my dick. What was it? (laughs) Yes, Your Majesty, right away. Alicia's uh, shouting at at me. Uh, I think it might be Kevin, is that right? No, Alicia's her name. You shut up. Don't talk to your girlfriend like that.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, slap you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best episode ever. <laughs> this is that old project A plus magic. It's been lacking for some time.
1: Well, it's only because we stopped to eat, for Christ's
0: sake. <laughs> Kevin. His name is Kevin. Yep.
1: So uh, they both fall off each other. That's the end of the movie. Kevin! Dude, now we cut to two years <laughs> later. Two years later? Yep. Wow. Kevin and Margaret have fallen out of love. No. <laughs> Shut up. You, you you take over now.
0: <laughs> I'm okay. dramatizing your summary. No, I'm helping no, no, you no. out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jesus you wanted to talk. Thanks, I guess. You wanted to talk. Wait, much. you're trying to you're trying to princess switch the <laughs> summary. <laughs> now I'm taking over. I'll do it in your voice as well because we sound so similar. Switched again because this is the podcast equivalent. <laughs> okay, so. They've fallen, they haven't fallen out of love, I take that back, but they've separated over some weird, you know, misunderstanding thing. I think they both still love each other, but they've separated for whatever reason, and it's bad. And they need to come back together again. Anyway, um, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Princess Man, how of are you so is next in line to the throne. And she's...
1: Oh, no, then, then the there's king dies. Big, the king dies.
0: The king dies, and there's going to be a big royal ceremony because uh, the princess of Montenero is next in line to the throne, and uh, she's invited Kevin, as a formality maybe, or because she still loves him. But Kevin's not going to go, and then her, and then Kevin's daughter convinces him to go, and uh, the other princess woman she wants him to go, so they all go.
1: Ceci de Novo.
0: Right. Yeah, Stacy.
1: De Novo. Stacy. De Novo. I guess
0: she's the princess of Belgravia.
1: That's true. So, Princess Stacy.
0: Princess Stacy. Um, yeah. So they all go back to Montenaro mm-hmm.
1: for the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, this is where the switching comes in. Yes, indeed, <laughs> because uh, Margaret and um, what's up, the Stacy? They decide to switch places um, in order that uh, again, because uh, every time uh, Kevin and Margaret uh, are about to have a, a in-depth conversation, you know something happens, whether it be the um, prime minister or no, the chief of staff, who is also after. Princess Margaret's heart or some other media test. So they decide to they contrive to make a uh, couple of hours for them just to have dinner, go explore the Christmas village, whatever. He gives a shit. Um, Unfortunately, their plan is thwarted so much when the third lookalike Vanessa Hudgens comes in. Uh, Princess Margaret's um, cousin Fiona Uh, who wants to replace Margaret so that she can be crowned in order to uh, steal some money from her, basically. And then that happens. There's some more switching. Everything works out in the end.
0: Yeah. Great
1: summary. Thanks, bro. Loved it. Um, (laughs) how was the film did you like it um well as he mentioned i think we both uh attained some pleasure from the first princess wish is that right that's right four thumbs up from project a plus uh i think i gave it three stars so i'd give it one but two thumbs i'd give it one thumb so three three thumbs
0: what about one thumb
1: and a nub? Yeah, one one thumb and my my penis head. <laughs> yeah, you're fully erect. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's half. It's a halfy. <laughs> yep, go on. Um, you're in the middle of something. Uh, alas, no. Alas is not the right word. Um,
0: yeah, we both liked the first
1: one. Yes. Um, so it sort of stands to reason that this film, which I actually don't know if this is made by any of the same people who made the first one. It's made by the exact same creative team, the same co-writers, the same director. So uh, we would have figured that, um, that um, uh, you know, that this, this film would have some of that old uh, princess switch, the first one magic, right? <laughs> yeah. A similar, you know fun tone, lots of switchy shenanigans Mm -hmm. Um, and all that stuff. And uh, Unfortunately, I'm I'm, I'm, uh, very sorry to report that uh, this film, uh, though possessing a small dribble of charm, uh, does not live up to the high standards set by the princess switch. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you agree with me on that one, but that's that's how I felt. I
0: I do agree with you on that one.
1: (laughs) Uh, this film is mostly pretty boring and forgettable, um, and yeah, that's a, that's a real shame.
0: <laughs> it is. I think, despite the fact that it's the same creative team, you can't you can't make sequels to romantic comedies really. I mean, at least you can't with the traditional conventional romantic comedies.
1: <laughs> they could have made a sequel to this, and it would have been fun.
0: They just done. I don't know. Like, if you think about it, there's no unexplored
1: territory left at the end of the movie. I mean, who cares about, about, who cares about unexplored territory? This this is not what's important. The reason that the princess... No, union. no, no, you shut up. The reason that the princess switch is... Hey, can I read what no. I wrote? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. The reason that the princess switch is fun is because it's all about people switching places. That's fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. you shut the fuck up. So the first movie has... What, what am I supposed to do if I can't say what I was supposed to say? You can then disagree. <laughs> no, you said it up. The first movie. I
0: haven't even said what I've said. The thought first this movie, movie,
1: except that I agree with the, you. The reason <laughs> the first movie is fun is not because it adheres to some. Stop
0: making ancillary noises as well. God damn it!
1: It adheres to some uh, genre conventions or convention. anything like that. The reason the first movie is fun is because it, you know, has a ridiculous premise. That it makes even more ridiculous by the addition of two dead wines, two concurrent dead wines, which makes it fun. This movie is just a bunch of fat. It's there's there's nothing to it. There's no no stakes. Nothing's gonna happen. That's it. Anyway, what were you gonna say? Oh, Your Majesty, can I speak again? <laughs> no, you just suck my dick first. <laughs> <sighs> Fine. Get it out. Get the uh, out. I can it got it got trapped in the uh, in the zipper.
0: You can't make sequels to romantic comedies. <clears throat>
1: An essay by Hugh Hamilton.
0: <laughs> Webster's defines romantic ass. Yes. And I'm speaking broadly here, I'm not speaking specifically about the Princess Switch, so before you butt in again, let me have my say. So, with the traditional conventional romantic comedy, there's no unexplored territory left at the end of the movie. The Union is the end. If you're forced to make a sequel by a streaming giant, say, then you have to find a way to disrupt that climactic harmony of the previous film in order to restate it again at the end of this one. Which is to say, you have to ruin the previous film in service of an inferior product. In my next paragraph, I will be exploring how the <laughs> how romantic comedies that are defined by some sort of gimmick or central mechanic have that issue compounded because the sequels are forced to use the same contrivance and also make it bigger somehow. You enjoyed two look-alikes switching around in the first movie? How about three? It did did sound great when we read the premise to this movie Mm. um, when we reviewed it on the 2019 Christmas special. It did sound amazing. And uh, this, unfortunately, does not live up to that. Because I I, I do disagree with you about the fact that we were just happy with the switching mean, and it could have been great. I mean,
1: that's that's why I enjoyed
0: it. No, 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 but I think why you enjoyed it is because the first film also had the meeting slash falling in love business that makes films like this easily digestible no matter how convoluted or silly the plots are. It's like a basic framework. We know they're gonna meet, we know they're gonna clash at some point and then fall in love at the end or wind up together at the end at any rate. When you're making a sequel to that, you end up with things like The Princess Switch Switched Again because these films should be breezy and this is not breezy, this is sweaty. There's like this early decoration scene that features all of the core cast members that really felt like a hostage situation to me. I mean, honestly, the whole film feels like a hostage situation. It almost made me forget that this franchise was ever pleasant. I was also very tired watching it, so I wasn't in a great mood. So it was just, it just seemed (laughs) to drag on there endlessly and I I really didn't care. And yeah, this was a problem with the last film, but it didn't really matter. But there isn't the faintest of sparks between either coupling. But do you know what the biggest problem with this film is the single biggest problem? Do you know that?
1: Um, it's, it's,
0: uh, uh, no. The biggest problem with this film is they didn't fix the prince's haircut. (laughs) The arched cuts around the side of his head are still not
1: flush with his ears, and it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> I, I didn't remember that at all. I didn't even notice. The, the prince needed to be in more of this movie. Did he? Yeah, I love the prince. He's such a freak. <laughs> he was a dud in the first film. <laughs> That's why he's fun, though. There's so, he, 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 the actor who plays him looks like he's in print, which is why he's perfect to play a prince, you know? He looks even worse in this film now that um,
0: Nick Sager, who plays Kevin, has mm. a fetching new beard. He
1: looks. He looks way more attractive in this one than he did in the last one. He does. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny as well. Like with the with the prince, the the first scene in this film, I think it's the first scene. It features him walking into a room topless to show off his body, yet he's actually got no abdominal definition, so it he's, doesn't
1: work. That, there's actually that really funny part where uh, the villain, the evil Vanessa Hudgens. Like taps him in the chest and is like, "Ooh, check out Prince's uh, six pack here." It's like he doesn't have a six pack. He he definitely does not have a six pack. But it was written <laughs> Very and, and like filmed as if he did. <laughs> I I enjoyed that. I like the Prince. I like the the prints here. Yeah, I think the main problem with this movie is it just has no drive at all. It never justifies its own existence. No. And it's hard to really care that much. It's almost as if you're it, it, wrong it, about the switching shenanigans, because this has plenty of I'm switching. Not, it does not have that much switching. It does not have that much switching shenanigans.
0: It has it has double the switching of the
1: first film. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it does. Maybe, maybe double, occur. maybe maybe double in terms of amount of switchings, but not time spent switched. Mm. The main problem I have with this film is that the first 30 minutes it's just a bunch of crap. Like nothing happens. They should be switching like C D2. <laughs> there should be switches within switches the only fun part of this movie is when Margaret switches with uh <laughs> with Stacy and then Fiona captures Stacy as Margaret and switches with Margaret so that she is <laughs> see that's that's fun it's convoluted it's it's nonsensical it's it's got a spirit of of, of fun exciting what are you stuff. about I'm not bashing about anything you shut up I have to edit this shit <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your own fault no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you should you should do the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, what was I say? I don't know, I just had bumping noise. It would it, be better. It would be better if if Fiona, the villainous Vanessa Hudgens, had any sort of like you know, drive besides being rich. I think. She has no narrative definition. What does she want? She wants money. There's millions of ways that people can get money. Her plot doesn't even make any sense. I like the introduction of the the prime minister character. I think the guy played had a very uh, exact continence for a villainous, like, you know, secretary or sitter or whatever he is, you know. But he's not in it that much either. I actually like that element of this as well. Like, that should have been, like, the central yeah. dynamic of the film. I agree. You know what also would have, would have made this movie great? is if they had, <laughs> they should have had multiple switches with more than just Vanessa Hudgens. The prince should have had a lost brother or something like that who switched with him. Yeah, you're right. That would have been good. See, this is why I think your your premise is full of crap. There's plenty of ways to make this movie great. You didn't drop the romantic comedy angle. <laughs> no, but then then it ceases to be
0: a romantic comedy.
1: I think I think the another problem with this film is that it realized that the first one was fun. You know what I mean? And it weeded into mm. like the wacky stuff. Yeah. Uh, I really I really thought the uh, sidekick characters to. Uh, the evil Vanessa Hudgens character were very annoying. and I did not like them. added <laughs> mm. the, the, the sense of humor that they brought to it was not right. I also think that uh, Fiona, the evil character, is too campy to be enjoyable too.
0: Or it was campy in a wrong way. I think the one positive thing I can say about this, and I only noticed this while reviewing a scene on my computer for a specific purpose that we'll get to,
1: Oh, um, dude, you don't have to tell me about the times you masturbate. This,
0: the cinematography by uh, Fernando Aguilé Fernández was quite handsome at, at points. <laughs> or at least at the particular point that I reviewed.
1: Uh, I can't say I noticed.
0: Watch it twice and you'll notice. You'll relish the cinematography the second time around.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so in conclusion, this movie is disappointing and a little bit of a slog.
0: Well, what were those noises? Please tell me what the noises are.
1: I'm drinking a drink.
0: And like rubbing your hands together. No. I'm drinking a drink too, but I I wait until I finish speaking like a professional.
1: Well, that this is adding realism. This is adding realism to the podcast.
0: What people don't believe we're really speaking to one another. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's they like a Cassavetes spell. You, like... It's
1: raw. It's raw. Yeah, fine.
0: That's right. But don't you remember, don't you remember all those outtakes of like uh, Cassavetes chastising Peter Fork for uh, <laughs> rubbing things on his mic <laughs> You, you
1: need a sandwich during the... the yeah. <laughs> the no, no, I don't I don't watch outtakes. Yeah, I think that's all i got to say about the Princess which switched again. Time for Operation... Christmas drop. Babe.
0: You're an island. I'm a Christmas drop. Babe. Oh take a
1: telegram. I love Christmas stop. Oh, you summarize this one.
0: Okay. Uh so Operation Christmas Drop. Mm-hmm. Um so there's this woman who works in DC. Apparently she's mm-hmm. a congressional assistant and she's played by Kat Graham and her name is Erica. And she's been tasked by her boss to investigate a US Air Force base in Guam. Mm-hmm. Um to see if there's enough evidence to justify its closure mm-hmm. because there's been this photo that has circulated of mm-hmm. uh, one of the military dudes in a Santa hat and like, Oh, they're clearly wasting with the,
1: money. With, the, with the ukulele
0: with a ukulele. So they're clearly wasting taxpayers money. So, uh, so Erica's going to go over there and shut them down. She's going to do a report Send it back to D.C., get it shut down. That's the movie. (laughs) Um, At at, at this particular military base in Guam, uh, there's this dude called Captain Andrew Jantz. Is that what his name is? That's apparently what his name is, according to Wikipedia. (laughs) I don't remember if uh, anyone says his surname in the film, but that's what his name is listed as. And, uh, you know, he's a fun-loving dude. He's a good captain. Looks after his people. Um, and if they have to be there over Christmas, by golly, they're going to do some Christmas shit. So they... Uh, You've seen they about this the annual- essential premise of the, the film. Yeah, I'm getting... I'm just, I'm just getting there. I'm getting there. So they have this annual tradition known as Operation Christmas Drop In which they uh, drop supplies to uh, the locals on the islands of Micronesia.
1: Mm. Were you uh, perturbed that your nation was erased from Operation Christmas Drop except for the ed (laughs) credits?
0: Well, then they weren't erased, were they? It's just focusing on a US military base. So, Mm. fair enough.
1: You don't see the uh, Australians participate. No. Does that make you unhappy? Yeah, makes. Me, I was devastated. <laughs> like, where, where are my boys? I don't know what color Australian boys are either. For Forbes are like taupe. Yeah. Where are my boys in taupe? Anyway, what happens uh, next? She realizes that, oh, no,
0: this is a good thing. I don't want to shut this place down. And also, I mm. love this captain guy. Yay. Yeah. I, should,
1: uh, I should have sex and have his, have his children. That's the plot, right? I did a good job. Yeah, pretty much. But here, before we uh, <coughs> uh, get to it, I, I have something I'd like to read. Okay. I think we'll get okay. it bring us into the conversation. All right? Mm-hmm. I want to present to you a role play scenario, all right? Oh, boy. Let's pretend, and I know this is a little difficult, being of uh, small of brain and short of tongue. Let's pretend that you're an attractive young congressional aide, okay? The sort of go-getter whose future is bright, whose horizons stretch into infinity.
0: A Cat Graham type, if you will.
1: And you've been signed by your boss, a Congresswoman whom you love working for, who inspires you, who tries you to be the best you can be, despite her saddling you with lots of seemingly menial tasks Hell, even because of these tasks, because of
0: the You mean that woman from that two episode Arc of Fraser?
1: No, I mean the woman from David Lynch's Dune. Oh. Because of these tasks, because of the important life lessons they impart. So this Congresswoman's assigned you the task of visiting this film set, okay? Because the military budget, you know, it's kinda of going out of control and it needs to be slashed here and there. She needs to find some money from somewhere. She's been tasked with shutting down I needed expenses. All right. Now, there's this film that the military is providing logistical and financial support to. This Christmas original film called Operation Christmas Drop. And you've been asked to survey the production and make sure it's worth investing in. And then to write a port speaking to that issue. And when you arrive in Guam, where the movie is being shot, despite having a brief flirtation of a hunky captain assigned to show you around, you hunker down to write your report, you. Now, if you were writing said report, would you recommend that the US government cut off funding to this movie or see it through to the end? That's my role play for you. <laughs> um
0: <clears throat> Inasmuch as this film works, <laughs> it works in the way that the princess switch switched again doesn't. Because it gets to tell a simple, dumb story in an exotic location. And we get to watch a couple of ostensibly attractive people meet, clash, and then end up together. It's breezy, fun, propaganda. And for what it's worth, there is a soupçon of chemistry on display. Now, how Cat Graham managed to feign attraction to that Aryan doofus, I don't know. But it came across. And, and to be fair... Both actors do exactly what the film expects of them. That's uh, that's my review. There's nothing problematic about this film at all. <laughs> it is very, very, very funny, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially the moral of the story, but I, I, I expect you have more detail uh, mm. about that particular aspect of this to share.
1: Should I uh, give you my opinion? Yes, please. I thought this movie, as a film, was dull. I couldn't stay off my phone. When you weren't uh, really watching it, were you? I was, I was taking copious notes. Oh, I see. But I think as a piece of propaganda, it is morally referenceable. <laughs> uh, in that it promotes, uh, without comment, uh, you know, it, it articulates uh, American imperial goals. It's set in an American colony, the colony of Guam. A colony which has no democratic representation in the federal government of the United States whatsoever. The 10,000 people who live on Guam, basically they have a, a governor they elect. They can enact some local laws, but they are given to the whims of, you know, the, the clouds in Congress. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So that's already one problem. Now, problem number two is that uh, this is a bizarre fantasy world where the U.S. government is downsizing the military, which will never happen. Uh, and um, problem number three is that uh, I don't know if you detected this particular strain of you, but it really felt like a movie where it was, say... Uh, <laughs> The deep State, as represented by the uh, military-industrial complex, as represented by our, uh, you know, our Aryan (laughs) friends. Versus a a senator who, I I don't, again, I don't know if you uh, caught on to this, but definitely uh, was strangely similar to a certain uh, ex-presidential candidate who was destroyed by uh, Donald Trump in 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, there's kind of a weird uh, undercurrent of... um, I don't even know what to put it, how to put it, but uh, it feels like a very uh, uh, alarming film for that reason. Uh, I think the uh, heavy religious overtones are also disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I found this movie to be uh, disgusting, immoral, and, uh, and not all that fun to watch. Though uh, it is
0: very odd. Not to mention the, the patronizing paternalistic treatment of the uh,
1: the local inhabitants. That's true. It, when they're even given any sort of screen time, which is not not much at all. So, good stuff. Great, great movie. Great movie. <laughs> I think it's uh, disturbing how it's, it's given this like religious overtone. Like, oh man, the good Christians who live in the islands of Micronesia, you must drop them supplies. Yeah, unless yeah. they want to have, have churches. <laughs> disturbing
0: very funny though you have to admit very funny
1: I, I did I honestly did not find it that funny
0: I found it very very funny Th- especially the 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 bit at the end where um, Erica convinces her boss who was going oh, okay. over to, to check things out you know that it's all worthwhile and they're all great and whatever and just the speech that uh, she gives in response once her heart has been changed I thought that was hilarious at the time. <laughs> I was
1: cackling at the end of this movie. I, I, I did see I did think the scene where um, our our uh, Nazi weed <laughs> is like you know, he's talking about the importance of the air base and he, his like brain seems to like go on to the programming based he's like uh it's 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 more it's the most important military base in the South Pacific. We're surrounded by our enemies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, What what enemies? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I also like the bit where oh man where he's like uh this is we could we can coordinate with our allies, the Australians and the Japanese. And I was like, you mean the uh colonies of Australia and Japan that America has <laughs> like you know basically brought under its military control, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh good stuff. Uh I also like the guy who had like been doing it for 40 years, right? <laughs> I can only imagine that guy gotta start like you know, a Bobby Cambodian louse during Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Was I also think it's really weird that like, that guy was, like, playing himself, you know? Mm. I also thought it would have been funny when he was, like, talking about his backstory. If he'd been like, yeah, I was in Iraq. I served in uh, Abu Ghraib. <laughs> I did some time in Guantanamo, you know? <laughs> it's
0: also funny that... Um uh, one of the gestures that Erica makes towards uh, the captain at the end of the movie is to fly his, pull some strings and fly his family over um, that he's been communicating with on FaceTime only up until this point. And we don't see them. They obviously didn't have the budget <laughs> to actually <laughs> show them in
1: that house. But it's, it's weird because obviously this film had a pretty big budget, you know, as these things go. Yeah. For, for what it's aiming for, it seemed to be funded well enough. If it, if it, I mean, definitely seemed bigger budgeted than like a, the Princess Switch 2, you know? Like, there are multiple like CGI shots, which look terrible, but there's still, you know, computer effects. The CGI gecko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and there, there's like a plate at the beginning that's like totally CGI. And obviously, like, you know, uh, I mean, they, uh, well, I'm sure that a lot of the reason that that this film was paid is to, you know, I mean, one of the reasons I'm sure the budget wasn't that high is I'm sure that the military was more than willing to give all the (laughs) services for free.
0: Although funnily enough, I read a scathing review of it on a website called Military Times. (laughs) (laughs) That's really strange. It wasn't like, it was criticizing some of the details. Like it was saying things like um, the fiscal year ends in October, it doesn't end at the end of the year, uh, which, you know, contradicts the point of this plot and that Yeah, who gives a shit? Um, but it was mainly just scathing of the quality of the film. Well, so. agreeing agree with this message. It didn't really comment on its message.
1: Uh, I have to say, I found both of the Wees to be very uncharismatic. <laughs> yeah, they both seemed sort of like mannequins that had been, like, posed. It's, it's like a Brassanian in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also uh, so something that I found I found morally off putting too is that I didn't like that uh, our our uh, the the leading man did not drink. I thought that was really strange. Like there's a part where he's like, you know, Operation Christmas Trump has been canceled because of this typhoon. He's in a in a bar and always drinking is like cranberry and soda. Like what the fuck? What a loser.
0: <laughs> that might have been a note from the military. <laughs> Maybe. So in, in conclusion, morally reprehensible but very funny. <laughs> I, I honestly did not think it was that funny i thought it was pretty boring you should watch it again I, I thought this was really funny no i think i'll i think i'll pass that assuming assuming it it doesn't actually have a negative influence upon the world
1: which it probably won't given that i, I can't imagine anyone who's watching this is going to be uh, i i can't imagine being like oh now i'm going to sign up for the u.s military <laughs>
0: like yeah exactly so <laughs> given that It's harmless, and therefore you should be pleased that it has this, like, hilarious propaganda angle. (laughs) And it's not just a
1: a straightforward rom-com. The propaganda angle is pretty funny. You know what? This one was very enjoyable to talk about, I think. It's a strange object. I'll grant you this. But again, when I was watching it, I was was bored out of my mind, so... I had a pretty good time. Well, that's that's good to hear.
0: I, I think the best way of communicating how amusing this film is, in its shameless uh, propagandizing, is by enacting the the climactic scene between Erica and her boss, Angela.
1: And action. The Joint Chiefs call this island an unsinkable aircraft carrier. Couple that with the training and the work with the outlying communities, they have a very compelling argument to take the base off the list. Did you
0: see the look on the faces of the islanders when they saw our planes coming in? I did, ma'am. I haven't seen that kind of joy for a, a very long time. To see our military making that kind of difference in people's lives. That was what Christmas should look like.
1: All right, uh, shall we move on to... Oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot about the trivia. Oh, fuck. I remember the trivia. God damn it. Go write some questions now. Yeah, okay, I will. No, I, I can't drink now because I, I took a headache medication today, so.
0: Oh, my God. Well, I don't, I don't want to drink anyway, so cause i have to work <laughs> later. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. But we All should right, still do see. the
0: trivia because I wrote the trivia.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's the trivia segment called?
0: Uh, drunken Mastermind.
1: Mm, that's right. It's <laughs> about the fact that I want read the drunken part of it.
0: That's right. This is the so- Sober Mastermind in honor of <laughs> Operation Christmas Drop, where they didn't touch a drop.
1: Yeah, we're also converted to Christianity.
0: Yes. And uh, enlisting.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Operation Chris's job.
0: So do you have something to drink at any rate if you get it wrong?
1: Yeah, I have some water. I have some water. Okay,
0: I've got some water too. So if we get a question wrong, we punish ourselves by drinking some water.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the worst punishment of them all. All
0: right, you start. You start this time.
1: What nation is Alexander Ludwig, who plays Captain Andrew Jantz from? Canada. Oh, nice. Okay, well, I guess I have to drink then. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's yours?
0: Okay. Uh, Operation Question Drop Tribute Question 1 by Hugh Hamilton. Operation Christmas Drop is the Department of Defence longest-running humanitarian airlift operation The tradition began when a B 29 Superfortress aircraft crew saw islanders waving at them from the island of Kapangamari, 3,500 miles southeast of Hawaii. In the spirit of Christmas, the aircraft dropped a bundle of supplies attached to a parachute to the islanders below, giving the operation its name. Today, airdrop operations include more than 50 islands throughout the Pacific. Each year the Christmas Drops serve as a proving ground for the techniques used and shared with regional partners in preparation for response to natural disasters all too common across this region. The capabilities employed during OCD, Operation Christmas Drop, are a unique method of delivery suited to the region. Coast Humanitarian Airdrop, or CHAD, takes the LCLA capability to the types of environments seen in many places throughout the Pacific. Together, C-H-A-D, or CHAD, and L-C-L-A represent a unique humanitarian aid-slash-disaster response or wartime capability that enables the U-S-A-F and allied nations to rapidly respond anywhere in the Indo-Asia-Pacific region. In which year did this operation begin? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> man, I looked this up and I can't remember. 1948. Nope, 1952. Hmm. Notcus to kind to of take a drink
0: like a right my turn
1: non-chad
0: like the opposite my of my turn Chad. my turn yeah your turn
1: director, aside from directing this film, director Martinwood has had a storied career television. Can you tell me which sci-fi series he directed 47 episodes of?
0: Stargate sG1 <laughs> It's smashing you.
1: Well, you did more research than I did.
0: Please, what's your second one? According to his Wikipedia page, Aaron Douglas, who plays the mayor, is a self-confessed fan of which comedy podcast?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, WTF.
0: Nope, The Ricky Gervais Show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How is it not trivia? Alright, okay, ready? Here's mine God, I can't, mine feels so weak <laughs> Two of the actors in this film have famous relatives Both of whom are more successful than they are Can you name either of them? Two of the actors in this film have famous relatives
0: I do remember reading this But I didn't remember who the relatives were Yes um, Did you say can I name either of them? Yes uh, okay, so what I can't even remember the names of the actors, <laughs> not gonna help. Cat Graham, I think she has a famous relative. Uh, Quincy Jones, <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that maybe me, that was not what I had in mind.
1: Nope, you're wrong.
0: I think that's true, actually. No, well, I got it wrong if it's not true. You did, so
1: what's it's not answer? true. She was she had a connection to Quincy Jones, but yeah, I thought so. <clears throat> the answer is that uh, Virginia Madsen is, of course, uh, Michael Madsen's sister, ah, and the 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 woman, the actress Janet Kidder, who plays the uh, wife of the base commander, is uh, Margot Kidder's niece. Hmm. So take a drink, drink, take a drink, Bucko. All right.
0: Okay, my last question for you. Concerning Operation Christmas Trump. Yeah, I, I, you almost shut me out, but I fucking edged one out on you, motherfucker. Cat Graham plays Jamie in which 2009 comedy directed
1: by Burr Steers? Hmm. Burr Steers, 2009 comedy.
0: What are you doing?
1: You <laughs> need to cheese it. Christ almighty. Well, Virginia Madsen was also married to Danny Houston. Very.
0: Wait, you can't do research while you're supposed to be answering questions. You should be looking at nothing.
1: What what was the question again? No, burst years, 2009. Can you give me a hint? (laughs) No. Anything at all?
0: You should be able to get this. Or you'll kick yourself if you
1: learn the answer and you got it wrong. 2009 comedy. Uh, it's gotta be, I think it's gotta be Apatow adjacent. That was like high Apatow time, right? My lips are sealed. Maybe it was like a Adam Saylor movie. Burger Steers, it's, it's a very familiar name. Um, hmm. uh, I don't know, I give up. <laughs>
0: The answer, of course, is a certain Matthew Perry slash Thomas Lennon <laughs> slash Zac Efron film. No way. By the name of Seventeen again. Whoa.
1: <laughs>
0: what? Who does she play at Seventeen again? She's a minor character mm. called Jamie. She's one of the people who have like a crush on Zac Efron, I think. Mm. Or tease him or something. I don't know.
1: I well, remember. she has a crush on Matthew Perry.
0: Well, yeah. But when he only when he looks like Zac Efron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the same person though. All right, uh, ready
0: for round two. Time for the princess switch switched again trivia round two. Yeah. Wait, I gotta take. A,
1: I gotta take a drink. You do. Already. I'm fucking Here drowning you. you. Well, I got. I got one. I feel good about that. This is
0: like waterboarding.
1: Um, not really. <laughs> All right, ready. Yep. You can go first now. But I just went last. I'm b magnanimous. Fine. Fine, no, no, i go, go, I'll go, I'll go. Oh, my God, fine, okay. okay. Rose McIver, star of Netflix's most successful Christmas-themed franchise, The Christmas Prince, makes a cameo in this film. She is from New Zealand. Can you tell me which film from the most famous of all New Zealand directors she has a supporting role in?
0: Mm. So she's young, and I'm assuming you're referring to Peter Jackson, which basically uh, blocks out a lot of his filmography and confines it to his uh, more recent uh, multi-part efforts. Um, So I'm going to say... Uh, the Hobbit: The Desolation of Smaug.
1: Ooh, you're wrong. I'm sorry to say. Please take a drink.
0: What, what, what was the answer?
1: The Lovely Bones. Hmm. Do you forget that he directed that?
0: No, but I thought I—I I just assumed that she was young, too young or something. She's not that young. <laughs> I've never seen the other films.
1: She is 32. I guess she is pretty young. Never mind. I thought she was older than that.
0: Because The Lovely Bones was quite a long time ago now.
1: Yeah, it's like 2009, I think. Yeah. Yep.
0: So she would have been pretty young, like 19, I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, well. Weird. My turn. My turn. Well, this the is actually f- kind of strange. She oh plays a character God, named turn. Lindsay Salmon, okay? who is the younger sister of the main character. He's played by Sourcey Ronan, who Rose McIver is uh, like eight years older than. So it's a little mm. strange. Yeah, anyway, Wikipedia. please. Now get off Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Fine. No cheating. I'm not cheating. I'm not going to cheat. I would never cheat.
0: The final moments of the princess switch switched again features a mm. Christmas song by none other than the prince himself, Sam Palladio. What is the name of this song?
1: Oh, I have no idea. Under the Tree. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) well, I never would've gotten that. Time to drink a drink of water. (laughs) Okay. Sui and Braun, who plays Miss Donatelli, acted in a project that was mentioned as part of, uh, one of my previous trivia questions. Can you name which project I am referring to?
0: Um, remind me what your previous trivia question <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember a single thing aside from the, the most immediate question that you asked, which was about the lovely bones. Was it the Lovely barons? <laughs>
1: nope. Take a drink. <laughs> Good. Yeah, she's a, she acted on Stargate SG-1, so... Ah. Uh. Hmm. Oh, so we're a little more even with these questions. <laughs> yeah. All right, right. Let's. what's your second question?
0: Back to our normal formula of neither of us getting anything
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Aside from the Princess Switch movies... What Project A Plus featured film has Vanessa Hudgens appeared in?
1: Uh, that's, that's pretty easy. That's not a very hard question to answer. No, it's an easy one for you. Uh, the Night Before Christmas. What? <laughs> the Night Before Christmas? Was it yeah. A Night Before Christmas? Was that what the title? <laughs> has she been in more than one Project A Plus film? Oh, sorry. Aside from that as well. <laughs> oh, too late! Take a drink, Walker. <laughs> damn it!
0: I forgot about <laughs> the <Lynette> night before Christmas.
1: <laughs> so she's featured in two, then. Yeah,
0: she's been featured in two. <laughs> Can you guess?
1: Wow. Oh, and I honestly cannot remember the last. What other movies has she been in? Let's see. Don't look it no. up. Guess. I'm not. All keyed, I'm not, I'm not all keyed all up. Right. God. God damn! Why are you so suspicious? Because you said, let's see. That sounds like I'm
0: looking at Wikipedia right no, now. No,
1: that was, that, was that was me probing my memory. Right. Um, hmm. And yeah, I, I cannot remember any other movie we did. Apparently was she, she was in. in no, apparently she was in Polar. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Now that you say that, I, I got it. All right. You ready for the uh, last question? Mm Mm-hmm. Which Christopher Nolan film did Mark Fleischman, who plays Frank, have a role in? Who is Frank?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to answer your question. (laughs) Who the fuck was Frank? (laughs) Who's the character of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Is he the guy from EastEnders? I'm not going to tell you. All right. Um, so, which Christopher Nolan film did some guy <laughs> who played Frank in this film appear in? Uh-huh. I don't know. Tenet.
1: <laughs> the, 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 no, He's an Inception. <laughs> Take <Think> a <and> drink. <laughs> All right. Who is this guy? Well, so I won that round. Uh, he's he's like the the like the second in command of uh, the prince. He's not really in this he- movie that much. You won that round on a technicality because a net question. I did not. I well, you, you I I correctly supplied the answer to your question. But the question was wrong. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, your, your limited ability to revert the answers was wrong.
0: <laughs> no, is in like the question was like the the answer to the question was designed to <laughs> was was, it? was, was, What's was wrong. Was polar, but I phrased the question wrong because I overlooked the Christmas, the night before Christmas. I should have had that as part of the
1: question. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I, I win.
0: <laughs> but I won Christmas drop.
1: All right, shall so we move on to uh, bonus features? Yeah, all right.
0: Bonus features. I think I only watched one film and, uh, I'm just looking it up on my Netflix, uh, history because I can't remember what it was called.
1: <laughs> I can't remember what it called. Yeah, I've got no idea.
0: <laughs> I've literally no idea what it was called. I, I, I don't even know how to find my, like, history. Do you have a history on Netflix? My list. That's, that's, no, no, that's my list of stuff I've added to my list. Uh, I found it. Apparently it's called Romance on the Menu. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll read you, I'll read you the, the summary straight from Netflix. After inheriting her aunt's beloved cafe, a New York uh-huh. City chef travels to Australia to renovate and sell with the help of a charming local cook. So it's basically Operation Christmas Drop, except without the military propaganda. And it's in Australia. And it's about a little cafe. And a high-flying New York chef who learns to appreciate the simple things. And an Aussie stud. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I watched it just so I could have an answer on the bonus features section, and it kind of fit the same category of films that we featured, albeit not centered around Christmas. Um, what did you watch?
1: I've, I've been attempting uh, to catch up with a couple of films that have been released this year. Therefore, I watched two films... That are released in the year 2020. First one of these was Christopher Nolan's uh, uh, long-anticipated time-travel-y, thingamajig tenants. Uh Which I thought was surprisingly engaging and um, extremely enjoyable because it seemingly embraced all of the qualities that (laughs) make Nolan unsufferable (laughs) Or insufferable, rather. And uh, it's just an uncomprehensible stew of time travel mechanics, exposition, uh, <laughs> you know, various postmodern James Bond plots, and all sorts of other gibberish. A very fun, dumb, and engaging film. That's Tenet. Mm-hmm. Then I also watched Amy Simons's, uh minimalist horror film, She Dies Tomorrow. hmm which is basically about a uh, woman played by uh, indie darling, Caitlin Scheel, who um, becomes uh, mysteriously convinced that she is going to die tomorrow. This revelation, which is shared with several people, essentially becomes a sort of word virus that spreads around and basically convinces everyone around her that their lives have no meaning and... (laughs) that they are going to die tomorrow. Uh, It's a very strange and engaging film uh, that is surprisingly funny in parts, has a great mood and atmosphere and vibe, and makes a lot with very little resources. Its most uh, radical special effect is a colored strobe light. I thought this was an engaging, uh, somewhat depressing, and ultimately very moving account or, or moving attempt to render mental illness in the um, genre confines of an independent horror film. And I really appreciated it a lot.
0: But it's no in color, right?
1: <laughs> uh, I can't say. Very enjoyable film. And that's what I watched. Good job. What do we got on the docket for next week?
0: Well, next week we have another Christmas special, as I said at the head of the show. Um, but this one is not focused on uh, Netflix Christmas confections.
1: <laughs> Though I'm sure that they'll feature to some degree on some list. <laughs> I'm sure they will,
0: <laughs> by necessity. We'll feature well, on both for you. On lists.
1: <laughs> no, no, I watch more than twenty films.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be we'll be running down a bunch of lists again, as we do every year. Hmm. Top 10s, bottom 10s, some other stuff.
1: Disappointments,
0: other random things. All the while drinking a brand new signature Christmas beverage Mm. concocted for this very episode that you can drink along with at home.
1: Which uh, you come up with?
0: Uh, Well, I guess we took turns. Uh, The first Christmas special, I came up with one, and then you came up with one for the New Year's uh, special. So now we both come up with one together.
1: Oh, no. By
0: playing, like, the exquisite corpse version of uh, Mixology.
1: So how many ingredients do we have? Well, we each independently
0: come up with five ingredients. And then they Five have to be ingredients? Combined. No, no, no.
1: Three, two. Two ingredients. <laughs> that sounds fun, actually.
0: Come to think of it.
1: Two, two ingredients. <laughs> two ingredients apiece. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to hit stop on the podcast, and then...